This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 518 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Clark's origin redux, detectives assemble, checking in on multiversity, holding the world hostage, shadows travails, RIP vertigo, and September listings. This is how I got my wife read comics for Sunday, June 23rd, 2019. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs, or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614 321 9737. That's 614 321 9SFP. Superman Year One Book One from DC Black Label by Miller, Ramita, Mickey, and Sinclair. After DC took a mulligan on their Black Label imprint as a result of the Batch Schlong scandal, they are back with another graphic novel. I was worried that Frank Miller would turn in a dark retelling of Cal's origin but it is remarkably light, if a bit more realistic than other versions. Virtually the entire story is told from Clark's POV at the time of each event. He has hazy memories of escaping Krypton and the rocket ride to Earth, followed by John Kent finding him in a field. He seems to have powers almost immediately, which is a departure from recent continuity, and has problems sleeping as a child due to superhearing all of nature. Clark ends up with the misfits in high school and defends them often. Lana becomes his confidant, digging up evidence of bully attacks, which leads her to near rape stopped by Clark. Bullies flying through the air are explained as Clark's martial arts. This is also when Clark realizes his flying power, taking Lana away from the violence. He joins the football team and becomes a star after dragging most of the opposing team over the goal line. One has to wonder how Smallville residents rationalize all that. Clark and Lana become more than friends, and it's highly inferred that they spent a night together before Clark ships out to the Navy. He's decided he needs to learn about the world, and since the Earth is mostly covered by water, this is a major departure in the origin. The period between Smallville and Metropolis has always been rather hazy, but it usually involves Clark seeing the world. This is just a more practical way to do so, and comes from Miller's conservative views. Throughout the story, Miller's words via Clark are almost lyrical, describing nature and growing up. The artwork is also wonderful with great close-ups and expressions. A fine effort by the new imprint. FYI, the last of the three issues of Batman Damned, a.k.a. Batman Damn, comes out next week. Event Leviathan number 1 of 6 by Bendis and Maliev. If the title didn't already underline the point, this is the year of too many events. It's unclear whether this one will truly have an impact throughout the line or just the superbooks. The greatest detectives of the DCU come together to determine the cause and the actor destroying DC's clandestine organizations. Batman and Lois Lane run into each other at the remains of Argus and compare notes. How are you? I'm Batman. It's always weird to be anywhere with you without him. Not to me. It's a wardrobe thing. They find Steve Trevor in the debris. 
How are you able to make yourself invisible to my radar detection? True story, Batman. Every time you invent some new toy or piece of tech to put on your belt, Argus, advanced research group uniting superhumans that we are, we make a counter thing just in case. Trevor was trying to rescue a scientist at a new and unannounced Argus facility that sounds like their version of Sanctuary. An armored figure warps in and incinerates the place, leaving Trevor to tell the others. Now he accuses Lois of being Leviathan and tries to shoot her, only to be stopped by an arrow. Ollie is in the shadows. They decide to get all the detectives together while the question hides in the shadows. Oh, and the scientist? She was also saved by Leviathan, who has plans for her. Apart from the flashback, this is a very talky issue setting the table for the event. The artwork is very dark, which may fit the mystery genre, but not Bendis's dialogue. Justice League 26 by Tinian the Fourth, Fernandez, and Hi-Fi. Speaking of events, the team is prepping for the Year of the Villain, all except Martian Manhunter, who is trying to live up to his name by tracking down the resurrected Lex. By the end of the issue, he thinks he has him in an old abandoned house, but runs into Lionel Luthor instead. Between these bookends, the team is very busy. The Trinity, Barry and GL John Stewart, along with new member The World Forger, have gone to the Hall of Heroes, an interdimensional HQ where heroes of all Earths can meet. This came out of Grant Morrison's Multiversity, something I wasn't sure would actually stick around in continuity, but here we are. They have asked all the heroes for their help, and we see a number of Earths represented. Kingdom Come, Red Sun, New Frontier, New 52's Earth 2, Bizarro World, Earths 11, 42, 22, 8, and 20. The goal is to find the Monitor and Anti-Monitor. Meanwhile, Hot Girl and Mira hold down the fort, leading a group of DC scientists to find the Legion of Doom. Training many heroes and tactics... Kendra wanted John to drop martial arts skills into the minds of all the people on Earth, but it was rejected by the group. And keeping an eye on Starman, who is literally falling apart, who is trying to reach out to the totality, basically setting the table for their event. Wonder Twins, number five from Wonder Comics by Russell and Byrne. Girl genius Polymath comes home to find the Scrambler, a member of the Legion of Annoyance, meeting with her father, currently being blackmailed by Luthor to do his evil bidding. We get a flashback to Scrambler's time as a magician, sawing a woman and a dolphin in half, landing up with two versions of a mermaid. Now, Scrambler has a plan. Meanwhile, Jan has challenged the League to a final battle at the zoo. On their home turf, with lots of animals around, the twins quickly make short work of the remaining members. The Legion's agent takes a powder and goes back to their HQ, only to run into Polly's dad, who she apparently disintegrates with her alien cell phone. It's all caught on viral video, and she is forced to go on Lex News to plead her case to a literal straw man and the Punditron 5000. The charges are dropped as Polly watches in tears. Turns out the dad is trapped in the Phantom Zone, shown in the classic Trapped Under Glass shot. Polly's had enough and meets with the Scrambler about his plan, which involves scrambling the mind of everyone on Earth unless they fix things in 30 days. If this seems like a stream of consciousness, maybe it is, but it's a lot of fun. American Gods, The Moment of the Storm, number three, from Dark Horse, by Gaiman, Russell, and Hampton. The entire issue shows Shadow's travails tied to the tree as part of a ceremony. As you would expect from Gaiman, it's very trippy as he goes in and out of consciousness. Meeting a man with an elephant head riding a mouse, 
seeing his life pass before his eyes, experiencing times of indescribable pain, seeing his dead wife again, somehow becoming the tree, meeting the god Horus, finding himself in a cave, meeting an angel who accepts his coin, reaches into his mind literally and takes his true name so that he can see his mother's past life and learns Wednesday may be his father? Can't say I'm enjoying this as much as I did the earlier series. Well, there's been a lot of DC news in the past few weeks. After cutting the imprint off at the knees by moving their evergreen titles to Black Label and then making multiple terrible editorial decisions, it was made official on Friday, Vertigo is no more. As part of a restructuring, all of DC will be published as a single line with three age brackets. DC Kids, ages 8 to 12, which is where DC Zoom and some of DC Inc. will go. DC Mainline, ages 13 plus, the main line, plus non-adult titles, and probably things like Wonder Comics. And DC Black Label, ages 17 and up, where Vertigo and probably Young Animal end up. The plethora of pop-up imprints really didn't work, but it will be harder for those types of titles to get a foothold without separate branding. This won't kick in until next year. Meanwhile, the September listings have a number of surprises. Bendis and company are going to bring back the Legion of Superheroes in a two-issue mini called Millennium. Where have we heard that name before? which will attempt to tie together all the disparate timelines between now and the 32nd century. That means Batman Beyond, Commandy, Tommy Tomorrow, OMAC, and Booster Gold. This will be followed by a new ongoing LSH series by Bendis, Squee. At the other end of the timeline, the classic JSA will make its triumphant return in Justice League number 31, Double Squee. Harleen, a new retelling of Harley Quinn, will kick off at Black Label. The deceased title was popular enough to spin off a Good Day to Die miniseries. Personally, I think zombies have been done to death, forgive the pun. Speaking of resurrection, DC will bring back Dollar Comics with reprints of Batman number 608, The Hush Storyline, Crisis on Infiniters number 1, Detective 584, which was a Batwoman issue, and Harley Quinn number 1. Wally West apparently gets out of prison for his own six-issue miniseries. And Harley and Ivy get their own miniseries post-Heroes in Crisis. With Shade wiped out by Leviathan, Frankenstein gets together a team in Gotham City Monsters. Giffen is going to take another shot at 60s humor title Inferior 5. Year of the Villain truly kicks off with Luthor and Riddler one-shots. And then Safe Sex, the planned Vertigo title just went to image. I'm really not sure why DC was surprised with the content when you have a title, Safe Sex. Really? All right, before we get out of here, it's time to play our America's fastest growing new game show. Who's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly? Are you ready to play, Mark? Uh, I'm ready. Okay, I'm pushing the button. TV related? Yes. Uh, One person on the cover? No. Two? No. Three? No. Four? No. Five? Yes. Okay, is it cast of a series? Yes. Is it on the broadcast TV? No. Is it on cable? No. Is it on streaming? No. Is it on the web? No. Broadcast, cable, a pay cable? No. Is it, 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 but it's a TV show? Yes. 
that's not on broadcast or cable or streaming. Because it's not currently on the air. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so it's an upcoming series. No. Yep. It's not. Oh, so it used to be on the air. Yes. Ah. Boy, that took a while. Uh, okay, so it's a show that was on broadcast at the time? Yes. Okay. Is, was it on CBS? No. Was it on ABC? No. Was it on Fox? No. Was it on WB? Yes. Oh, okay. A WB. So is this some like reunion issue? Yes. Okay. So is it, uh, is it Buffy? No. Is it Angel? It is Angel. Ah. So it's, yeah, the 20th anniversary of Angel. So I'm glad we got around to that because I want to tell everyone that starting in mid-July, Mark and I are going to be doing a rewatch for me and a watch for him of the Buffy Angel television show. And I will be blogging about that with Mark's opinions and reactions. And meanwhile, we're also going to resume the long-delayed Star Trek watch which kind of fizzed out near the end of DS9. As it did when we originally watched yes, Star Trek. Yes, so we're going to try to get that going again. Hopefully the plan is that each of us will put out a blog entry once a week. Right. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, announcer bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.